This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, two young men who will be going head-to-head in the Stanley Cup final will join us tonight. We will have St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko and Boston Bruins forward Jake DeBrusque, both on Inside Sports between now and 8 o'clock. Going to be fun to talk to them. The Edmonton Oilers, you may have seen numerous reports out today. There has been nothing official from the team, but numerous reports that the Oilers have signed 26-year-old left winger Joachim Nygaard out of Sweden, played for Farstad there for the last several seasons. This past year in the Swedish Hockey League, 21 goals, 35 points in 52 games. He was third on on his team in points but he was second in the entire league in goals you may have already seen videos of him highlight videos popping up on social media today this dude is fast 26 years of age shoots left uh, a player who has worked on uh, adding skill to his game always been fast and, and the Oilers need speed you need speed in the NHL but it's helpful if you can do something with the puck while you have it too so he has worked on that we'd likely be looking at a one-year entry-level contract here probably worth uh, maybe just under a million dollars, maybe a million at the most. So a cheap player with potential, and uh, the Oilers are going to need players like that if they're going to be successful and grow this upcoming season. So again, nothing official from the team, but numerous reports. Joachim Nygaard signed by the Edmonton Oilers out of Sweden. Game one of the Stanley Cup final is Monday at 6. We will have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The Blues and the Bruins, maybe before them, I mean, look, maybe as soon as tomorrow, it could creep in the next week. The Edmonton Oilers will have a new coach. Dave Tippett remains the top candidate for the job. Kelly Rudy, our weekly guest here on Inside Sports with the NHL on Rogers, former NHL goaltender. Of course, he's been on your tube every night throughout the playoffs. Kelly, great to talk to you, buddy. How are you doing? Fantastic. Reed, I'm uh, home for a couple of days. Well, actually... Uh, four nights, so it's kind of a nice little break. I know that most people most likely want the uh, playoffs to start uh, by Saturday, but I'm not complaining getting uh, this chance to come home and run some errands and do a couple of normal things. Well, that's good because some years during the postseason you have not been home, so it's been 55 to 65 days in a hotel. So it's nice. Uh, yep. it's nice you do get home for a. What do you think of this? Lo- what do you think of this long layoff for the Bruins? I mean, they're having an inner squad game for their for their fans tonight. Maybe to yeah. try to get a get a little sharper. That that is a that is a long time in a sport where you're used to playing every second day. Oh, I would agree, and uh, I don't know how it's going to affect them. I know history is uh, shown at times that the long layoff 
hasn't been very good, and other times where uh, you know teams get through it and they're okay and they're better off because they they get the rest. You know, there's a few guys on Boston that are banged up. I I, I kind of like the creativity that they're going to have a inner squad game where fans can come watch because uh, I can guarantee you uh, you'll get a better effort from the players. You know, you're, you can stress all you want to put in a best effort in practice and so on, but. If you get a bunch of people, 5,000 people or however many people are going to be there, uh, you'll get a better performance from the players. That's just human nature. That's why they they can perform great in front of 20,000 because they like the added pressure. And so I think that's a good creative way to, you know, sort of inspire your team to play at a higher level when there's really nothing to play for. You know, this is uh, an interesting matchup. Boston, a very good team, and going into the playoffs, Tampa Bay was the favorite. But I, you know, I, I like looking at predictions, and I went in a couple pools where people fill yeah. the bracket, and and Boston was a very popular pick, other than Tampa Bay to to come out of the East, because it was the thinking was if anybody can beat Tampa Bay, it'd be Boston. Well, they didn't even have to play Tampa Bay, uh, but they made the final. And the Blues, a, an incredible second-half story. L- let's start with the Bruins, though. Uh, I'll, I'll, let's do it this way. I, I will ask you to fill in the blank with uh, with okay. the, with an eloquent answer. The Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup if blank. Uh, Tuka Rask plays the same way he has for the first three rounds. I've never been more impressed with him. and I've always admired the way in which he's played, but this year, you know, he got off to a a pretty rocky start. He had some issues in which he had to go away for almost a week, I think, uh, in around November, I believe. I could have my timing wrong. And uh, since coming back, boy, he has been unbelievable, and I just love his demeanor every night. All right, so I'll ask you the other side of this. The St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup if blank. Uh, their third and fourth lines continue to play the same way they have, uh, centered by Bozak and Sunquist. Those two lines have been incredible. Uh, depth scoring, as everybody knows, is uh, extremely important. And uh, so uh, I really think St. Louis, top to bottom, they're excellent. I, you know, I think I even had this conversation with you earlier in the playoffs. I never could quite understand why that they had such a poor start. I, I was... I did a couple of their games early, and I, I, it was confusing to me considering the team they had that they were playing so poorly. So this makes more sense. Well, and and Rob Brown was with you right there because he I don't I don't know if he thought they'd come on to this extent, but but yeah. he, he he was saying even in December said watch out for the Blues. I think they will get better, and then obviously yeah. they won eleven in a row and vaulted themselves right into the playoff position. Now, they, speaking of goaltender, they they did it with a a, a person a goaltender. You know, nine months ago, I'm guessing a lot of hockey fans wouldn't have known a lot about or maybe wouldn't have known at all. And that's Bennington. That's right. and I, mean, I got Pareko on the show later, Kelly, and I'm going to ask him about the, the moment where they got the wrong call on the hand pass and got scored on. And that was the that's the most emotion by far I've ever seen from Bennington. Even when they beat Dallas in Game 7 overtime, he just tapped his post, casually skated to the other end of the ice, did a few high fives and did an interview. Like, he's so calm. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I think that that kind of shows you uh, how he's built in the sense that, you know, most guys would be, you know, even though he did talk about after that overtime victory uh, over Dallas, he, he was exhausted. But most guys still muster up the strength to find some sort of way to celebrate that uh, incredible moment. But, yeah, he, uh, he, he, you know, he's had this kind of, 
and I, this is a compliment. This is he's had this kind of attitude though too. Do you remember the overtime game that they lost at home in the first round of Winnipeg? Uh, Kyle Connor right. had scored the goal, and uh, not he wouldn't allow Connor to grab the puck, and he took the puck out of the net and carried it towards his bench. And finally, when there are no Winnipeg Jets around, then he sort of threw it on the ice. He didn't want a part of it either, but. He's, he's kind of defiant in that way, and, and I think that really suits his uh, character just perfectly. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. So the Cup Final starts Monday. We have the game for you here on 6.30, Chet. Okay, I want to hit on a couple other topics with you, Kelly. Dave Tippett, it appears to be his job to take or turn down to coach the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, obviously, a lot of reports about a face-to-face meeting today between Ken Holland and Dave Tippett. Uh, um, I, I mean, maybe even as soon as tomorrow with some of the scuttle. If if not, it could be early next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday. Your impressions of Dave Tippett? He's obviously been not. He hasn't been behind the bench for a couple of years. I had Tyson Nash on the show yesterday and asked him about Tippett's, uh, you know, the sort of reputation he had for doing a lot with not very much while he was in Arizona. Uh, just what were your what are your thoughts of him as a coach and, and maybe his style? Well, a couple things come to mind. Number one, uh, if you go back many, many years when uh, Sean Avery was acting uh, incredibly inappropriate and said some uh, some terrible things about a guy's uh, girlfriend, and uh, Dave Tippett was the coach at that time. He was with Dallas. And I, I always remember that, the way in which he handled that. He was stern. He wasn't giving the player the benefit of the doubt, and he made sure that the organization comes first in that situation. So I always took notice of that. And then uh, secondly, yeah, he played defensive hockey when he was coaching in Arizona simply based on uh, the personnel he had. And I agree with Tyson Nash on that one. But, you know, I was thinking about this, that, you know, you you sort of gain a reputation, right? And then people uh, say, well, here's how you coach and you can't change and so on. But I disagree with that. And I'll give you two examples from – last hockey season, and I would say Claude Julien and Guy Boucher, when they were in Montreal and Ottawa, respectively, they would have been, uh, if you would have labeled them, you would have said the same thing. Hard-nosed defensive hockey, you know, don't take chances offensively. And then, whether it was because their general managers came to them, and they told them, listen, here's the style that we're going to play now, and you look at both teams, and, and they were fun to watch this year. Now, you could argue they didn't make the playoffs, but they were much improved, I thought. And uh, even Ottawa, with the huge personnel changes, uh, until Boucher was fired, I'll tell you what, they played fun, fast, exciting hockey. And if that's what Dave Tippett, if, if ultimately he is hired in Edmonton, I'm sure he could make those adjustments in no time and, and uh, in fact, enjoy playing that style of hockey. I heard you mention the uh, free agent that the Oilers signed, and, he sounds like it's right up that alley where it's, he's a great skater and they need that kind of depth on the, the Oilers up front. And so, you know, you, if you can make those organizational changes quickly and your coach is willing to adapt, you know, you've got a winning formula in the NHL in today's game. Well, the, the best coaches have a style they favor, but they're also smart enough to know they can't fit a square peg into a round hole. Right, I, I mean, right, and, and I've talked to pro coaches and college coaches and, and university coaches, and the best coaches look at their team and say, "Oh, wait a minute, I can do this, or I can't do this, so I, I have to figure out something else." So hopefully, a coach who's been in the NHL for 14 seasons is is smart enough to see the direction the game is going. 
Well, and, you know, Reed, to your point, uh, and they might surprise themselves, some of these guys that feel that, hey, this is the proper structure, but, you know, if I have to go outside my comfort zone just a little bit, you know, somebody on my team might surprise me. And the point I'm making is Jeff Petrie, when he's been in organizations and they've decided that, you know, he's going to be a shutdown guy and they're going to play defensive hockey, I don't think that gets the best out of Petrie. But, you know, this year I thought he had a fantastic season because of that up-tempo. That's where he really plays his best, moving the puck, joining the rush, uh, leading the rush, all those sorts of things. And, you know, you put him in a position like that, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of freedom. And next thing you know, instead of going, boy, I'm not sure if I like this guy much anymore, all of a sudden you're like, you know, he might have been our best defenseman by far this year. All right, Kelly. The Raptors game starting in about uh, 13 minutes or so as they're going to take on Milwaukee in Game 5 of that series. That's been really fun to watch. Drake is always featured at Raptors game. It's it's always interesting hearing people talk about Drake because some people think it's fun, but yet it makes some people really mad. He gave Nick Nurse the, the shoulder rub <laughs> the other night. I, I had Jordan Baker on the show, who was a great U of A player here and now plays for Edmonton's pro team in the CEBL, and I said, what did you think about it? He goes, well, I guess if the Raptors coach is okay with it, uh, I'm okay with it. You played in a uh, era in Los Angeles when there were... I mean, there are always celebrities at the games, but probably it was ramped up during that time because, A, the team was good, and, oh, yeah, they enjoyed seeing uh, Wayne Gretzky play in person. Uh, any celebrity sightings or stories from you? And, and was it ever a distraction? Uh, now, there's glass and boards in hockey, so there's not the same interaction, but was it ever a yeah. distraction to have the celebrities around the team? Yeah, I was thinking about that when you sent me the text. Uh, you know, different scenario. So, uh you know, that Drake thing has been weird to watch for me, but, you know, it's a different sport. And, you know, I, I recall uh, living in around uh, New York when Spike Lee would go to all the Knicks games and uh, he would get involved with the visiting players often and there'd be, they'd be bashing each other. So, you know, maybe that's something that is more prevalent in uh, basketball. I don't really have much of an opinion of it one way or the other. But in our case, you know, it, the, where the meetings uh, place, the gathering spot was our dressing room so after a game there'd be uh, just a ton of celebrities most nights and and uh but it was something to get used to and, I, and i'll give you a couple little examples uh tony granado one of my best friends he uh, he loved baseball he grew up in a place called downers grove just outside chicago he had a love for baseball love for hockey he was just a terrific athlete and so in our time in in the la area he made a lot of friends with a lot of the baseball players so oftentimes uh, they would come out and skate with us uh, at the end of practice and or on occasion, yeah, I know you're, you won't believe this, but morning skates, if we had an optional or something, and uh, a number of the Anaheim uh, Angels would come out and skate with us. And I, I jotted down a couple names. Kirk McCaskill, he's a Canadian guy, but he was a pitcher. He was drafted fourth round by the Winnipeg Jets in 81. He ended up playing a year in the AHL. Uh, Mark Langston, another pitcher. And the one that uh, was kind of cool is Jim Abbott, the amazing pitcher. He is unfortunately born with one hand. He is missing his right hand, but he is able to still, with that athletic ability, be a great pitcher. He would play hockey, and somehow he had sort of tucked his, uh, his, the butt end of the stick under his right arm. And, 
able to get off some shots, and he loves skating, and he's a great athlete. And, you know, Dennis Leary, the, the great comedian, but the TV actor was around. He'd skate with us a lot. So unusual circumstances to be on the ice with these people. But I think in part of our trying to grow the game, we're really open-minded. And so, you know, if, if that's what basketball thinks is important, you know, why would I ever uh, doubt it or really have much of a strong opinion? You know, it, it's certainly basketball is an awfully uh, popular game, so they must be doing something right. You had never told me that before. I can't imagine that, going to cover a morning skate and seeing non team like members on the ice yeah. even if they're other pro athletes that is amazing right i know it was just unusual but hey listen we had uh, bruce mcnall and uh, he was a wonderful owner and he you know if if selling the game was important to our owner it was important to us and whatever we could do to to further that along and hey listen i i truly believe we got a lot of great publicity from all that i mean i've during the NHL playoffs last time, Boston, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. I ran into Dennis Leary in an elevator in the TD uh, Garden and had a nice little chat with him. And, and uh, hey, I said, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Kelly Rudy. I'm the goalie for the Kings. He used to shoot on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, real inter- interesting interactions and, uh, you know, lifelong uh, memories. Uh, Jim Abbott, uh, I just he pitched in the, and I remember him, uh, yeah, born without yeah. a right hand. I think he did throw a no-hitter yeah. at one point in his career, and he would have pitched here in Edmonton as yeah. a member of a visiting team. He played in yeah. other cities in the Pacific Coast League, so that's a great memory. Yeah, for right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Kelly, great to have you on the show. Thanks for being so generous with your time. I hope I'm not keeping you away from an important meal, and we will talk again next week. <laughs> We're in the parking lot right now. We're going to go have a nice Italian dinner, my friend. Enjoy. See you soon. Okay, see you, bud. That is Kelly Rudy checking in, our weekly guest here inside sports on 6.30. Chad, great to have him on the show. Oh, man, I didn't know that. The members of the California Angels would go skate with the L.A. Kings when uh, Kelly was goaltender for the team. We'll take. I, I, I'm stunned that this, this next person is on the line. We'll, we'll give him a couple minutes when we get back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you ever listen to Overtime Open Line after Oilers games, you'll know the name. We'll get a quick cameo from Scott in Boston when we get back. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, well, the caller to the show here at 780-496-0063 became a prominent character on Overtime Open Line after Oilers games this season. I have no idea why he's calling me on May 23rd, but uh, I got a couple minutes for Scott in Boston. Scott, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Reed, nice to speak with you again. Is Rob Brown around? No, no, I do this show on my own, buddy. Okay, so two minutes. I'm going to use every second of yeah, it. I, I got I, I to be firm with that, Scott, because we have news on this show. So you got two minutes. From All right. Now. I'll be done in, how about this, one minute. Okay. I can get through it in one minute. All right. 
And nice to talk to you again. Now, listen, I can't wait for Edmonton next season. I, no, no joke. You know what I got in the mail today, Reed? An Edmonton Oilers hat. That's how much I'm an Oilers fan since I was three feet tall and could say Wayne Gretzky. Let's keep moving. Here we go. The Bruins, my hometown team. Do you know tonight they're having an intra-squad intra, intra game at the TD Garden? Not, yeah, I got a minute, right? Let me, let me get through. Am I on? Yes. They're playing intra-squad right now, and I called Boston Radio today, and people are debating should they be doing it. I'm like, yeah, they should. I'm like, hopefully one of them fights the other one. You've got to stay current. Now, I'm going to make a prediction, Reed, and I will be calling you next season. I can't wait for Edmonton. I can't wait. Connor McDavid, not in the playoffs, pisses me off. He should be the best player on earth. But listen, ready for this prediction, Reed? Yes. The Bruins, ready? Hold your breath. I hope you're sitting down. The Bruins are going to sweep them. And here's why. If they lose a game, if they lose a game, it's going to be game one. The Bruins are in flow. They're in sync. Anyone who knows hockey, which I know you do and your audience does, I love Canada and I love hockey, they, they have what's called puck luck right now, and they're more talented. Now, let me close. Let me close. Watch. I'm going to give you two hints. I'm going to call you in two weeks and say I told you. Yeah, final 30 seconds. Watch uh, real quick. 20 seconds, brother. Thank you, Reed, for the time. Charlie Coyle is from my hometown of Weymouth, Massachusetts, 15 minutes south of Boston. He's going to have a big series. He just got traded from Minnesota about two months ago. And David Backus, an ex-St. Louis Blue, is going to have a monster series. Mock my words. The uh, Bruins are going to sweep. And, Reed, I'm closing in two seconds. I will call you in two weeks and say I told you so. Look forward to it, Scott. Take Keep care, me buddy. on hold so I can hear. Keep me on hold. That is Scott in Boston. We're back after the news with Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Early on, minute and a half into the game, Raptors and Milwaukee. Game five of the best of seven tied 2-2. Milwaukee leading this game 7-3. Minute and a half into the opening quarter. We'll keep you updated on that one. World Hockey Championships today. Man, a dramatic one for Canada. Beating Switzerland 3-2 in overtime. Damon Severson tied it with four tenths of a second left in the third period. They had to check the video replay to make sure the puck crossed the line before the clock hit zeros. It did. And then Mark Stone scores in overtime. Canada against the Czech Republic in the semis on Saturday. The Blue Jays lost this afternoon, 8-2 to the Red Sox. Steve Pierce for Boston, 3-for-5 with a homer and 3 driven in. Tomorrow at 7 at the Edmonton Expo Center, Canadian Elite Basketball League, your Edmonton Stingers against Guelph. We had Jordan Baker from the Stingers on the show last night. Always good to talk to him. And baseball at Remax Field. The Edmonton Prospects starting their season on Saturday at 7 against Lethbridge. And then a home game at 2 on Sunday against Lethbridge. And we'll have someone from the Prospects on Inside Sports tomorrow night. That is going to be fun. Edmonton Eskimos training camp continuing today. Shaq Cooper and Martise Jackson both leaving the field with lower body injuries. Uh, Arjun Colhoun sat out today. Uh, it was a day off, not uh, not injury-related for offensive linemen Colin Kelly and Sir Vincent Rogers. Remember that big free agency day when the Eskimos signed eight guys on the first day of free agency? Well, two of them have not seen the field. 
during training camp because of uh, pre-existing injuries. Linebacker Javon Santos-Knox and defensive back Anthony Orange. Neither guy has played. New coach for the Ottawa Senators, it is DJ Smith, who had been the assistant coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Reed Wilkins, Kellen Kennedy, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This portion of the show presented by Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, Northern Chicken style. Buttermilk biscuits, sausage gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Visit NorthChickenYEG.com. Kellen, one to bring you in here. We had, we had an exciting moment last night at Inside Sports. We mm. founded a brand new wrestling organization. <laughs> the Sylvan the Lake, Slaw, yeah. The Sylvan Lake Association of Wrestling. That's right. The Slaw. The slaw. And I, we need to get on this. We need to. We need. We need wrestlers first of all. We need to hire some promoters. Uh, we need. Uh, we need ring people. We're going to have ring men and women. We're going to be equal. We need someone to ring the bell. We need ticket takers. So send me your application inside sports at six thirty chad dot com to work for the slaw, the Sylvan Lake Association of Wrestling, or was it the Alliance of Wrestling? I think it was the association. Uh, I mean, that, that could be. Flip-flopped. It could either be Alliance Association. Yeah, I mean, we have, it's going to be an A-word. It's an A-word. Well, it's going to be one of those two A-words. <laughs> it, won't, it won't be any other one. It could be, be athletic wrestling if you want. Be, yeah, we could be that. So anyway, we got the slog going on. That'll be our uh, our summer project. All right. We uh, have the Stanley Cup final on 6.30, Chad, starting on Monday at 6. The Bruins against the Blues. And uh, one of the top guns for the St. Louis Blues from St. Albert defenseman Colton Pareko. Colton, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show again. Second time during the postseason, but but that's how it works, Colton. You keep winning. you don't, you got to pay the price and do the interviews, right? <laughs> I guess so. No, they're not too bad. I always enjoy coming on. Well, it's it's good to have you, and quite a run for the Blues. Uh, just, just take me through maybe the last, uh, I guess, 48 hours now since you guys uh, advanced and, and moved on, sort of the uh, excitement around the team and around the city. It must be pretty cool. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, definitely around the team, we're 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 excited. Um, we we've kind of been through it all this season, and um, it's kind of it's been fun. Obviously, we have a great group of guys, and um, every day going to the rink, it's it's a lot of fun right now. And um, that's just the best part about it is that um, that's what that's what you play for is to to have fun and obviously give yourself the best chance of winning everything. So I think we're in a good position. And um, you mentioned the town; it's absolutely crazy right now. Uh, everyone's super pumped it's it's really cool i've never never seen it like this year before um obviously not sure how many people know but i think it's been 49 years since the blues have ever made it back to the finals so um just in those those terms you just realize um how how often this how this opportunity comes and it's not that often so um yeah we're just trying to make the most of it um we uh we're having fun we talked after the Winnipeg series, so I just want to look back on a couple key moments in the series you've played since then. Taking on Dallas, you had to win a Game 6 on the road and then a Game 7 double overtime uh, Game 7 win on home ice to ultimately win that series. Um, tell me a little bit about Dallas as an opponent and, and you know just playing in a Game 7 overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then, and then not only playing it but winning it. Yeah, it was good. Um, Dallas is a really good team. Uh, obviously, they they have a lot, a lot of good parts um, that make them a really good team. Obviously, they have a lot of high skill up front. Um, not only high skill, but those players, they're hard to play against. They're, they're tough players. Um, obviously, they're D-men. They move the puck well. They're offensive. They 
they're always in the play, which always makes them a threat um, score. And then Fish back there played a really, really good net. So um, it was a tough series for us, but obviously it was came out on the on the winning side. But um, they they were unbelievable. They played really well. And um, like you mentioned, it took double OT in Game Seven to to I guess close that one out. And um, yeah, it, it's exciting, obviously, to be on the, the right side of that one. I think we we had a really good game on Game Seven. It was just. Uh, we couldn't find the back of the net, and uh, it was just one of those things where we had to keep pressing. And um, those those games are are good because, um, I mean, one one mistake one way or the other way is obviously the cost of the game. And I feel like that's how a lot of these playoff games are: is um, just the more mistakes you make, the more they capitalize on them, and they just magnify magnified that much bigger. So um, it's been good. Obviously, Dallas was really good opponent. Opponent, I kind of touched on that already, and. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good series. When we've talked in our couple of previous interviews this season, you've said, "Look, we were last in the league in January, so we're not going to get rattled by anything." Having said that, you lost Game Three in overtime to the San Jose Sharks on a goal that shouldn't have counted. It, it was a hand pass, and it was missed. And I know that happens, but that was a pretty mm-hmm. crucial point to. For a call to be missed, it, clearly you guys were frustrated leaving the ice. Uh, your goaltender was as emotional as I've ever seen him either way. Tell me about recovering from that, bouncing back from it, dealing with the frustration and moving on. What can you tell us about you know, the moments where you were living with that call and then regrouping for the next game? Yeah, obviously it was a big point in the series. I mean, first game at home in the series, and um, it, it was an opportunity to go up in the series and take the series lead, and uh, I think that that would have been huge for us. And evidently, like you said, um, things happen. Everyone's human, which it's, it's the sports. It's the game we play. We are, we play a fast, fast-paced game, and obviously that happens. So for our team, we understood kind of what, what happened, and obviously it's frustrating at the time and um, everything like that. But as soon as we got in the locker room, we – we kind of just put it, put it behind us where there's nothing honestly you could do at that point. The only thing you could do um, is start focusing on the next game, and that was game four. And I thought we did a good job. We came out in game four. I think we might have scored in the first minute uh, of that game. Um, and then we just continued to press through through the rest of the series. And um, it was almost one of those things we could have took a step backward from it or uh, pushed forward from it. And I thought we did a good job of just kind of putting it behind us and um, – kind of using it to our advantage maybe a little bit in game four and getting out to a quick start. Blues defenseman Colton Pareko joining us on Inside Sports. Blues and Bruins in the Stanley Cup final starts Monday at 6. We'll have the game for you right here on 6.30, Chet. Uh, fun show for me tonight. Uh, you're on. Jake DeBrusque is on. So we, we got the Edmonton area connections right there. Uh, yeah. g- give me a little bit. Uh, I don't know how well you, you know Jake, but what's your uh, your scouting report about uh, about him? I'm sure you've run into him at least uh, some points because of uh, being from the Edmonton area. Yeah, for sure. I, I know we've we've come across each other uh, at a couple different golf tournaments in the summer, and obviously those are fun. So um, no, obviously he's he works hard. He he goes to the hard areas, and he's a really good player, and he's a big big part of that team over there. So um, whenever you're a big part, it, it feels good. So um, yeah, he's he's got it all. He's got all the tools. He's a good skater, 
can shoot the puck well and uh, makes plays. So uh, he's obviously dangerous, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge. And uh, hopefully, he can take it easy on us a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, Boston overall. Uh, I mean, like you guys, the, the goaltending's been great. They got the the high end line, obviously, uh, with Bergeron and Marchand that gets a lot of attention. And and throughout the era of of this era of the Bruins, I mean, they're they're known for being able to play with aggression and and mix it up and and try to get the opponent off their game as well so there's the hockey angle and then maybe there's the the gamesmanship angle as well how much attention do you pay or maybe try not to pay to the the marchands of the world and players who can mix it up like that a little bit hey um yeah i mean they they do a good job and obviously we've seen it throughout this playoffs alone um they're, they're good at their job and that's that's what gets them going i think so almost it's just one of those things where you gotta just stick stick in your game um there's going to be things that happen every single game of the game of the series and um you just kind of gotta whatever whatever makes you play your best obviously you you want to do so um just kind of stay away from it if if that's what what helps you and um if, if not then um i don't know just whatever is going to give you the best opportunity to help the team succeed and uh just go from there. Colton, I, I got to ask you about somebody else, uh, not a player, but somebody who's been getting some attention and who is pretty important to the Blues' success in the postseason. And uh, I know it's a, a young person you have you got to know a few months ago. Can you tell us about getting to know Layla Anderson, maybe a little bit about her story and just what she has come to mean to you and the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I met Layla my rookie season uh, when – uh, we were just doing like an autograph signing after the game. I I didn't even just one one of those things where I was just signing autographs and I met her that day. I didn't realize it uh, until a couple months ago. Um, she actually gave me this little collage of photos where her and I had a photo together from that night. But um, essentially, she just had a rare rare bone disease that uh, she just needed a donor for, and she uh, she was just hospitalized and. Um, just basically looking for a match and she eventually got a match and um she, she was uh in isolation there for six months i believe um recently and on on our game three at home she was able to come come out of isolation uh for six months and that was her first game and the cool thing is is that uh every through every uh season i've been here every time you go on the ice she's there at the tunnel where you walk out giving you fist bumps and she has signs and things like that and um, she's just been been a Blues fan for for years now, and it's so cool. And um, just kind of to see her go through it has been really emotional and tough. And just the way that she fights, she's taught us so much more about life than there's just hockey. I know a lot of the times we just show up to the rink and we go to the rink every single day, and hockey, hockey, hockey is kind of our mind. But um, no, there's really so much more to life than hockey. And uh, she's definitely been such an inspiration for all of us. And she continues to fight, and she's. She's so happy every time you see her, and I just can't imagine the things that she's going through. Um, but, no, it's been a cool story just to kind of watch her go through it and just be such a such a warrior and battle battle through, and she's going through such hard times, and um, it's definitely taught us a lot. Have you, I know there's been a lot happening over the last couple of days, have you had any contact or any conversation with her since you advanced to the final? Uh, we have not. After the game, uh, uh, after the final game six there against San Jose. She was downstairs and kind of in the area near the locker room, and we, we were able to catch up there for a little bit. And 
um, we, we made sure to give her a Western Conference champions hat from the team and uh, she was she was excited so we we caught up there for for a little bit all the guys and her and um, no we were just super happy to see her and uh, she was she was over the moon so it's so cool to see that and like I said she's been she's been there for so many years ever since I can remember making fist bumps uh, when you go onto the ice so just a really really cool story for for all of us that she's been behind us through everything and um, just all these years and uh, so we're definitely behind her. Well, well said. Uh, she's an incredible story, and so are you guys, Colton. Uh, we know where you've come since the beginning of January. Thanks for doing this again. All the best in the Cup Final. Enjoy the experience, Colton, and I know we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Awesome. That's the plan. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. Not a good start for the Raptors. Four minutes left in the first quarter of Game Five. They trail Milwaukee 24-15. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. We have a couple of minutes for Sirius Gord. Sirius, good to hear from you, man. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I'm going to be quick. I can see I'm up against a hard break here. Uh, so presumably, Tippett's the coach. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to give you a stat. I did a lot of research on this. I, I need to be prepared for your show. I don't <laughs> want to ruin it. Um, there's only one coach in the entire history of the Stanley Cup that was over the age of 56 when he won it. You can probably guess who that was. Scotty uh, Bowman. Was it was Bowman, yeah. Okay. Yeah, at 69. Nobody else over the age of 56. Uh, Mr. Tippett turns 58 in three months. Yep. Let's presume, best-case scenario, we're three years away from being a cup-competitive team. He'll be 61. Nobody other than Scotty Bowman has even come close to being that old and winning a cup. But it gets worse than that because we're in the midst of a tsunami of analytics. The entire pro sports world is moving towards younger coaches and players. As Demonstrable, there's a reason for that, and it's because of the analytics revolution that's happening started first, of course, in Major League Baseball and has moved on from that. I don't know, are you aware, Reed, that in next year, every single player in the NHL in every game will have his motions tracked electronically? Yes. So just think of the feast that the analytics guys are going to have on that, okay? And think of the teams that get the competitive advantage who start that process first, who adopt it and exploit it quicker than everybody else does. Guess where they're going to be? And guess where we're not going to be as the Oilers? You've got an old management, an ancient, obsolete management being put in place. Uh, living by the old boy ethos yet again. These are all friends from Hockey Canada days. And here we go again. Deja vu all over again. Uh, my apologies to uh, Yogi Berra. But we are. Uh, there's never been a more pressing time to have a young, eager to, to, to work with analytics management. And we are going exactly the opposite way. Um, and I'm not the only one who's looking into this stuff. Like, it's crazy what we're doing here, man. This, it's frustrating because we're going to be there. Three years, we're all going to be looking at our shoes again, wondering what the heck happened. Because, again, we won't have the depth. Where our pro scouting is going to be terrible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because, yet again, our owner will not make the steps necessary to bring in a true, fresh, hungry, eager management. So, anyway, go Blues. I think we're asking. Craps the bed at some point. I think uh, 
He's played too many games. He's he's got a very low threshold for for uh, for stamina. Um, and I'm looking forward to another team winning a cup for the first time in their history. Gord, thanks for that. I appreciate thanks, buddy. it, buddy. Yep, take care. That is Sirius Gord, 780-496-0063. In studio with the champ, Jelena Mergenovich, when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.